Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. We are back with another episode of First and Fifteen podcast. And again, we're going ultimate teammates. And today we have gone as high up as we can in the Baffer world. And we've got Kyle Taylor joining us today. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm not bad, fella. How are you getting on today? Every day is wonderful. We keep saying it, and one day it'll be true. <laughs> so the good news is you've already done your your episode with the HNC guys, and you've you've talked about your your footballing history and your footballing pedigree and everything. I don't know uh, about pedigree, but thank you. I mean, I I've, I've said this on a few episodes. I do love listening to their ones and. It, the, uh, the, I mean, I, I message Bez every now and again about the episodes, and it's always been one of those ones of how, how do you keep flag football going as a talk when there is no flag football to talk about? And listen to his one, he's managed to get the Guernsey flag. I didn't even know that Guernsey had a flag league. I wasn't too <laughs> sure. What, one question do, do you know where Guernsey comes under? Under flag football rules? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming that it is IFAF, but it's certainly not under our jurisdiction at the moment. So um, probably a law unto themselves at the moment. We, we had discussed before whether it was, is there such a thing as, as the Guernsey American Football Association? Is, is there gaffer? I've, I've not come across it. I have looked, um, but all I can see is the league at the moment. But that's probably because I'm just terrible at finding things online more than anything else. Um, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it goes. I mean, if Bez keeps uh, banging the drum, then they might decide to come and join us at some point. We'll see. A great one. You have Guernsey, Scotland. Can add another nation into the, uh, the, the, uh, the was it the Five Nations one we've got? With the Dragons and the SWC. Yeah. We, we can have a Guernsey League in there as well. <laughs> well I mean, it would be quite a change. Um, we'd have to see how people uh, enjoyed the additional travel. Um, but I guess we've uh, we've got the team for the Isle of Wight now. So, you know, we're, we're slowly expanding to the surrounding islands um, as well as the British Isles. So you never know. Maybe next year. Who knows? So let's move on to your ultimate teammates, uh, people that you've played with or coached in the past. So your how many years have you say you've been playing now? Oh, it's about ten now, thereabouts. So played contact before that, but flag about ten years. They should be getting your, your testimonial season this season, is it? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to uh, forget how old I am because uh, turned thirty earlier on this year, so it feels like a. Uh, I'm going the wrong way from an age perspective, as as we all are, I guess. But, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Pod, who unfortunately cannot be with us today on this episode, I think he's 85 and he's still playing. So I've still got a few years. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. I mean, hats off to him for uh, keeping the knees going, I'd say. So let's start off. We're going to go offense first. Who is your play caller, your your main weapon? Who is your quarterback? Uh, so I'm going to be that person. And because it's my fantasy team, basically, I'm going to put me in at QB. 
Plus, it makes my life easier making the decision. I mean, it's always a a difficult one as a team. You normally have like three or four receivers on the field at a time. You only have one quarterback, so you're difficult to to look at other quarterbacks, especially if you play the position yourself. Yeah, there's a lot of. Um, I mean, there's a lot of very good QBs um, across the country now. Anyway. <clears throat> um, obviously, the game's developed significantly from, you know, seven, eight years ago. Uh, so, you know, there's been some big names that have been about, which are no longer about. There's still a number of people that are still cracking on. Um, but I think, and I was having this discussion with somebody the other day, I think there's a huge, um, like, spectrum of quarterbacks there's all different styles of quarterbacks in the league and it's actually really interesting it makes it uh from a defensive perspective really interesting to kind of play against them and challenge them some are you know i mean obviously it's this the sort of same old mantra with the nfl some are a bit more well mobile you know talking your lamar jackson some are sort of in between some aren't as mobile but uh you know really high on the intelligence sort of scale within the game and i think that we do have that as a spread across the country now, but, you know, um, I'm probably a middle of the road kind of guy. Um, but as it is my f- sort of ultimate team, not fantasy team, um, although that will be being picked soon, um, I'll put me in. So you've uh, have a, have a pr- quick chat beforehand. You've gone for, you basically picked four wide receivers. Yeah, and snap. yeah I've, I've cheated. Um, basically, I've picked um, a couple of receivers who can also play safety. So I'm just going to make up the fact that I'll have them on rotation at safety. Um, and it saved me making a, a decision about cutting people out of the team that I thought I shouldn't cut out of the team, basically. So who's your, your first wide receiver then? Uh, so first... Wide receiver, uh, I'm going to go with my um, safety blanket, Mr. Paddy Gunn, who plays for the Leeds Samurai with me. Um, He's entering his uh, final year soon as he moves to Switzerland as well. So a bit of a shame to be losing Paddy. Um, But he's been pretty big for us for the last few years. Um, Ridiculous reach is all I would say. Uh, moving down your roster, you got your second wide receiver now. Who have we got? Yeah, I'm going to pick from our pool again, and I'm going to go with um, Johnny Dudley, our resident speedster, just as a nice compliment to Paddy. Who's your third one? So this is kind of where it gets um, a bit different. I mean, most people would have him listed as a safety, but I think he's probably one of the most capable wide receivers in the country. I'm going to go with Matt Wilkinson from the Crows. And your final receiver. So when you're building a team, um, I think you've always got to consider not just the position that people play, but the role that people play as well. Um, And everybody has to have that person that likes to chat a bit with the other team. So um, I'm going to throw uh, Dino Vanazza in there. I'm trying to refer to the same Dino. I'm, I'm guessing there's not many 
Dino Vanasas in the league. <laughs> it's not a common name, really, is it? Was he? Did he ever play at Wigan? Yes, he is the the same chap that used to play for the Wigan Bandits. Yeah, I think we played against him. Oh, it was the Warrington Revolution, the V Day one. Mm-hmm. And he was there. He, I think, yeah, I think he was one of the the best players on that game day. I think he picked us off and then ran round us quite a few times on that one. Yeah, he's um, very slippery, um, and he. <laughs> we went to Big Ball a few years back, yeah, and he was on the touring squad with us. Um, and he very quickly got a reputation with the other teams for just chatting the world of to them. Um, but you know, if you can do it and you can back it up like you did in that tournament, then so be it. Yeah, well, I've often found. That- you get the people who are one or one or the other on that one. They're either the, the player with great ability, but will just stand there quietly or the people that will, their, their mouse is more running than their feet. Yeah. Well, it's the other adage is all the, all the gear, no idea. That's so, the one, you know, but yeah, you do get the occasional one. And I, I would say that Dino is one of those ones where he, he can do both. Yeah. He's a top lad actually. Um, so, um, I don't think he's playing as much anymore. Um, I think he's moved across to contact and he plays for the Lancashire Wolverines now, I want to say. But, um, yeah, bit of a shame. Good lads, good play. So, moving on to defence, and you've gone for, for three DBs. Who's your first one? So, my first defensive back, I'm going to put in Craig Henry ex of the Calderdale Knights, um, but now plays with us. I believe he was also at the Warrington one, and I think he's Northern Longhorns with Rudy. He's, yeah, he's played in an awful lot of teams. Craig is the reason why I play now, basically. So when I joined many years ago, um, after dabbling, the first proper team that I joined was the Calderdale Knights because it was the most local to me. Um, so um, Craig and I have been playing um, together or against each other for a very long time now um, but even as he uh, you know approaches sort of let's call it the Hall of Fame years um, I still think a lot of people would have some serious difficulty keeping up with him on the pitch I, I do think you uh, you discussed your, your start and how Craig Henry got you involved on the HNC podcast yeah, I did. Um, it does feel like an awfully long time ago now. Uh, but what did I spent? I think three seasons with the Knights um, before moving across um, as I moved back to Leeds full time and then setting up the Samurai squad. So um, yeah, uh, we, as I say, we've been around for a long time now. Um, Craig um, is also the guy that introduced me to Rudy. Um, you know, obviously Rudy knows more or less everybody in the league. Um, and then that sprung up a world of opportunity there. So going with Nuola across the big bowl, etc. So I've got a lot to thank Craig for, really. So who's your, your second DB in your team? Uh, so my second DB is a Mr. Dion Lancashire. Um I hope I've pronounced his name right. Um, he's been with the Sheffield Giants and also the Vipers 
Um, but a young player that I've coached a bit at the NEC level as well. Um, I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him and he's extremely nippy. So there's two DBs. Who's your third one? Um, I've already mentioned him. Uh, Mr. Rudy Halfman. Um, going to put him in my defence as the glue guy because you need a couple of glue guys on the field to hold everything together, make sure everybody stays upbeat and does their job. I'm sure he'll be happy to be in one squad now. So you've gone for one safety, <laughs> one blitzer. Uh, let's start with your safety. Who have you got for? So I cheated with safety. Um, I've got a number of receivers who can play safety. So I've, I'm going to put Matt Wilkinson, JD or Dino on rotation at that spot, if that's okay with you. One of them will play if they're not playing receiver. So... I suppose when it's ultimate teammates and things like that, there are no, there are no rules in this one. <laughs> well, I hope so because um, I've more or less broken most of what we discussed before. So, so your one last one. It's probably going to be your worst nightmare and and every other QBs as well. Who's your blitzer? So I'm going with Phil Watson of the Newcastle Blackhawks. Um, I think Phil is spending his time. Um, trying to play other positions now but I think he's a very underrated player and arguably one of the best blitzers in the country So with blitzing as a, as you put yourself in as a quarterback here, I'm going to ask you this one if you were choosing a blitzer would you go for the all out speed or just pressure? So it's interesting actually Um in our last uh, pod-oriented training session we had as a team, um, this came up. And my view on blitzing is there are some people who are speed blitzers, there are some people who are pressure blitzers, but the ideal is somebody that can do both because you need to be able to adapt to what kind of quarterback you're playing. And over the course of a game, if you've only got one trick, then the quarterback will adapt to that. Whereas if you've got multiple things in your toolkit, that's when you can keep the pressure on. Um, that's A, playing quickly when it's needed, B, playing intelligently you know, throughout the course of it. Sometimes it's not all about getting there quickly. Sometimes it's about positioning yourself in the right place or blitzing from a different angle or you know, a multitude of other things. So... Um, that's part of the reason why I've picked Phil anyway. I mean, not only is he so tall, he blots out the sun, um, but he's pretty quick um, and he gets out of play. So he keeps a lot of people, including myself, over the years on their toes playing quarterback. Yeah, I think I've come up across a, a few blitzers like that. When the, the guy, you look at them across the field, they're not that, that fast when you've seen them in warm-ups. But when they're like six foot two, and then they put their arms up in the air and you can't see anything above that. Yeah. It's a, it's um, a completely different aspect of, of playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as, coming from somebody who's a, a very average heighted man, um, yeah, that's basically a nightmare. You just hope that they are um, pretty slow so you can get away from them. But that's not the case with Phil. So he is a complete nuisance in that regard. So there's your team 
on the field, you've got you at quarterback, uh, Paddy Gunn and Johnny Dudley, Matt Wilkinson and Dino Vanazza at wide receiver. On the other side of the field, you've got Craig Henry, Dion Lancashire, Rudy Halfman and Phil Watson with a few alterations on your on rotation. Your final one, you've got your one sub. Who have you called in? I think we've got two, right? So, because I've got no safety on, so I've got two. Yeah. Okay, I see where you're going with this one. Okay, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think you've got to have two or three really solid all-rounders in any team. So, um, the two that I've gone for, uh, firstly, uh, Ewan Miller, who is ex of the Newcastle Blackhawks. Um, and I think he plays for um, one of the London teams now. I think it's the Panthers. Biggie Park Panthers, because um, he moved away uh, about 18 months ago. Uh, but I think he's a really underrated player and he can do everything. So a um, couple of times um, been with the NEC team with him. He's played receiver, he's played centre, he's played some QB. Um, he's got good wheels on him as well. Um, and during the course of the league, when he was with the Blackhawks, he played a lot of quarterback. Uh, he's a very smart player, so I've plugged him in as one of my um, rotational sort of flex do-it-all players. Uh, and then the last one um, is uh, our rotational guy, our sort of do-it-all and glue guy from the Samurai, which is um, a Mr. Chris Farron, who's belovedly known as Faz to everybody that knows him. Um, but just somebody that will just run through a wall for you, basically. And every team needs that. So there we have your final ultimate teammates. Now, a feature that we have been dragging out across this one is a question from the previous guest. Your previous guest and ultimate teammate is Rudy Halfman. The question he's gone for, and we, we chatted about this beforehand, and I said it's going to be fairly easy to work out for you. <laughs> What is your favourite Nuola jersey and your favourite Nuola tournament? Uh, well, it, it, does it have to be a Nuola organised tournament or is it just one that I've been to? Well, he's put a favourite Nuola tournament, but if you're with a Nuola team, I'll let you have that one. Well, I think, I think it's a no-brainer, really. If it's a Nuola team, then it has to be Big Ball. That was my first um, sort of touring or international experience um, and I think I've been every year since I think it's going to be you know hard to beat that as a top quality tournament in Europe basically um, and there's nothing better than having a weekend full of flag so I'd go with that and then the other portion was uh, favourite jersey as well one. so um, I think it's got to be the Lumberjacks jersey for me that we wore a couple of years back um, I get to watch that now uh, for time immemorial with um, the recording that was posted up by the Essling and Raccoons um, so yeah I think the only downside to that jersey was it was really warm um, and I think we all ended up cutting the sleeves off the jersey by uh, you know a couple well middle of the first day of the tournament basically um, so uh, I don't think any of us hung on to them um, which was a bit of a shame because they weren't exactly cut very well. Um, but yeah, that would be my two. 
I mean, I put a message out into the uh, into the baffle world to ask what would be your questions for you if anyone was allowed to ask you any questions. And one of the questions I got was from Neil Weimer. Mm -hmm. And he said, when you when you had that celebration. Did you expect it to go as big as it did in the flag world? So that celebration came about because we were all sat in the beer tent and um, I think at that point we were like, we've we've got to do something because um, we were, I think, second place or tied second place in the group at one point. And it was like, right, if we're going to go into this game now and it's against the Wanderers, we don't know how we're going to fare. You know, could go well, could go bad, as, as with any game. Um, but we've got to make it big, whatever we do. Uh, so we jokingly discussed the celebration because we had these, I can't remember who brought them, but somebody brought some plastic axes. Um, and yeah, the touchdown, the look that we wanted um, happened through the TD. Um, and Neil was there ready and rearing on the sideline to run in and <laughs> basically chop at Craig's legs. Um, but we have no idea it was being filmed anyway. So, um, you know, having that memory that we can go back to every now and again. Um, and as I said on the other podcast, you know, 20,000 of those views are probably mine. Um, just perking myself up on a morning. So, yeah, it's a lovely thing, really. So looking at the news of the Battle World at the moment, one of the big ones was the, uh, the money that's just come in for Baffer. Was it 90,000, I think, was uh, through like national government bodies and things? Yep. Obviously, we know that all of it's not going to go to the flag, although we all think it should in some way. But <laughs> if you were the in, in charge of the Baffer credit card and they said you can spend as much as you want, but on one item for, for flag football, what would it be for you? I'm building the stadium. That's what I'm doing. Um, we were joking about this as a club the other day because um, we're presently looking for a new sort of home uh, long term. Um, and we were looking around at costs and what it would cost us for the year, etc. Um, and I sort of just had a laugh and went off to go and have a look at um, some land and how much that would cost. Uh, so, you know, it is possible for 90000 to do that. Um, probably not a realistic thing, um, but that's what I'd do with the money. So you, you're you not going to go and speak to your mate Pete and see if we can sort out a new flag football stadium? I mean, in terms of uh, the conversation around how things are developing and what would develop flag further, that's certainly one of the things that I've raised with Pete, you know, having, I, I mean, I think that's a general for American football, really, because most of us, uh, you know, rent a local school or a uh, football club pitch or a rugby club pitch. Um, so having American football-oriented pitch facilities in this country would be huge, and it's something that Pete and I have discussed multiple times. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, you know, a long way off if we're being realistic about it, unfortunately. Are you looking for a special gift for someone? Are you looking for an award for your end of season awards? 
Are you the chairman of the best UK five-on-five flag league based in Northampton, started in 2015 and need trophies? Then look no further than Crafty Signs. Bespoke trophies, key rings, medals, wall signs, they do them all. Check them out on Instagram at Crafty Sign Trophy and on Facebook at Crafty Sign Shop. So you've... Uh... You've, you've jo- just joined in as the, the flag lead. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly the the strangest time in flag football that I've known. With the entire lockdown of every season and things like that. But looking towards the future, what do you see as the, as, as a goal for, for your, your reign as flag lead? <laughs> um, well, I think, you know, at the end of the day, first and foremost, my sort of remit is to um, make sure that we run a successful league and we put out flag products that the company, uh, company, the community um, want, basically, because everybody's always after more opportunity to play. Um, so that's probably where I'd start. Um, I'm not really sure where the future will lead us, but, you know, having, if I had my, you know, sort of goal of anything um, and taking sort of time, et cetera, out of it, um, then it would be to have, you know, opportunities and facilities and things like that that we presently don't have because we are... Um, as much as I hate people giving me the adage, um, you know, we are still very jumpers for goalposts. We are very niche as a sport. Um, as much as it's a tight-knit community and, and you know, that's part of what I think we all like about it. Um, you know, it's certainly not the AFFL, but, you know, if, if that's something that I could carry us towards, then that's something I'd be proud of. And speaking of carrying us towards things, Obviously, it was announced recently that you've got the the flag flag football is now in the World Games, been brought to us by the NFL. Obviously, that's going to be a massive jump for for flag football to be seen as the the leading sport or the leading part of the, the American football. How how big do you think that's going to be for flag football in the UK? Um, so I think uh, the way that the worlds worlds are going to work, obviously, it's going to be um invitees from various different national programs whether it be you know the uk europe america and so on and so forth so i think in terms of who is actually going to get the opportunity i think it's going to be quite small unfortunately um but i do think what it will do a great deal is really give a, that additional exposure to the sport in this country. Um, I really hope it encourages people to go and get involved in the national program um, and you know be more conscious of the opportunities that are out there and available to people because that's one of the things that I love about flag. It's not just a local sort of UK-based sport. There are it is so flexible and there are so many opportunities to get involved in. Um, but I really do think that that's what will be the biggest benefit of that is is that publicity and that exposure. And I think naturally, 
um, you know, the heavyweight punch of the NFL getting behind that and the publicity of the World Games, that will just bring flag football to the doorstep of a number of people that don't play or haven't heard of it or, you know, have maybe considered it but don't get involved right now. Um, and ultimately that will result in our game growing, which I think is something we all want to see. So one last question. Well, it's it's a question that you're going to, going to give us. I know, I know you said that you've got a, uh, a committee meeting today. Hopefully you can drop in there that you were just having a quick chat with one of the, the podcasts about flag football. <laughs> uh, what is your question for the next guest? So I'll stick with the uh, football theme um, and I will ask the next guest that you have, uh, Marcus, what is their fondest football memory and why? So we're going to throw it straight back at you. What is yours? What is mine? Um, well, we've talked about the uh, the infamous celebration at Big Bowling Off now, so I better pick another one. Um I'll go fairly recent. I think uh, the end of the season last year uh, when we got promoted back to the Premiership is pretty high up there. Um, we had a number of injuries over a couple of years, which really held us back. Um, so I think we really felt like we deserved it as a team. Um, and it was good to see everybody's work pay off. So I'll I'll throw that one into the ring. So there we have Kyle Taylor with your ultimate team, your questions answered, hopefully. And hopefully the the, the reign of a COVID-free season next year. So Kyle, Kyle, thank you once again for joining us. No, thanks very much, Marcus. Take care, mate. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and 15 Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customised sportswear supplies.